And welcome to another episode of Reverse Redaction. We're back. It's season two. And I'm joined by Ford, who's a surfing violinist, the bass voice from hell. Greetings. I, and joining a special guest regular today is Randy. I mean, Jared. <laughs> Jared Putnam. Yeah, I think, I think we established me as the, um, like the, um, what are it, Lance and, uh, Lance and Coy Duke of this broadcast where like Ford dipped out for a while and then I was, I came in. So if, oh, yeah, any, that's if, right. if anybody gets that Dukes of Hazard reference. <laughs> I don't think anybody will, but <laughs> some people will, some people will. <laughs> well, we're back at it. It's only, uh, it's only been a year. <laughs> and uh, we took a sabbatical, and we're back talking today. We're going to just kind of um, refresh ourselves how to get back into this and talk a little bit about Game of Thrones. Uh, there will be some spoilers, spoiler alert, but we will warn you when the spoilers are coming. And um, But we also, Ford, you wanted to talk about our outro. Yes, yeah, so up until the last episode that I did, uh, with you guys was uh, we were saying uh, get to work. There's a lot to build. I would say make your own myth. Um, but Jared didn't have something to say. And I've decided uh, this is a segment in the Surfing Violinist podcast now. Jared, I think your sign off after we say the other two should oh, no. be the following. You ready? <clears throat> no, but okay. So it's it's going to sound like this. Make your own myth. Get to work. There's a lot to build. Go to hell. <laughs> is that is that a, just like a reflection of my personality? No, or? no, it's not. It's just we already had the things set up for us, and uh, I've I did a whole treatise on what I mean by go to hell. I mean <clears throat> okay. that uh, most of what we talk about is characters in these terrible situations where they have to make a hellacious decision between self preservation and the survival of the species, or something like that. That keeps mm -hmm. coming up, you know, like annihilation. We talked quite a bit about that. So, right. That, that's that's the uh, that's the suggestion, anyways. So, okay. So, mold so that over what is, as we talk about uh, the hell of uh, Game of Thrones. So, what is your reaction, Jared? What do you? How do you feel? We're not going to make you do this necessarily. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think um, I guess my my just initial reaction <laughs> is it's a good first draft. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a good first draft. We maybe we can maybe we, we can tweak like it. Um, tweak, tweak it to to maybe. What if we take like the um, the pop culture equivalent of hell, and then uh, we tell people to, we, we tell people to somehow like go there. I, I don't know. Like this is just kind of yeah spitballing. spitballing what, what is what is the, what is that? What is the pop culture version of hell? Um. So I guess my first two thoughts Ooh. would either be like it, like mm. an actual like what's the worst, the worst place we can think of within mm. a show we liked, or it's Ooh. just maybe a, a show mm. that we that we hated, you know, or a t or a movie that Ooh. we hated. Okay, I, I'm I'm yeah, this possible, but like, but yeah, like I maybe maybe we just maybe we just stick with Go to Hell. I'm I'm fine with that. These or, are just like immediate immediate reactions. Yeah, I mean, if it were Game of Thrones, we could say uh, face your fears beyond the wall. Or something, right? Or, uh, freeze yeah. your freeze your soul beyond the wall. 
send your Dothraki out in a suicide <laughs> charge. <laughs> there you go. That's that's a perfect. <laughs> okay so what what, are, what what do we land on here you're gonna say what go to hell and then like this uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, afterwards about I, what it no, 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 i don't know oh if, if we need to do something today i'll just i'll just say uh, yeah i'll just say go to hell probably okay <laughs> i think it'd be just hilarious like people hearing it for the first time like what does he mean by that and then they'll have to go look like this guy is so rude or i could say it i mean hey it's I, i'm usually no. the villain so i mean let's be honest Wait, for, for all the people that are tuning into our outro that haven't <laughs> what do you mean well you know somebody <laughs> discovers it for the first time and they're like man what is this podcast about and then they get to the end the very last thing that the person says is go to hell they'll be like what? And, and they don't hear this part well yeah no well they're gonna hear this episode but these are people who are already <laughs> listening there's there's literally like three right now i don't think we have to worry i'm talking about in the future when we blow up because it's gonna oh, happen baby oh <laughs> excuse me when we blow up when we blow okay. up yeah I see. <laughs> okay you're well, watch your back joe rogan coming for you baby hey if we get into the intellectual dark web my life will be complete <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan's good. Joe, Joe's a good uh, place to aspire for. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's kind of the king of the king of the hill right now. A billion downloads a year, I think, podcast wise. Oh wow, I, I did not know that. <laughs> a okay. billion. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah. We're coming for it. We're coming for. We're we're coming for ten billion, Joe. Ten. So, oh, that that brings me to uh, a pop culture discussion topic. Uh, that so he smokes pot a lot on on. Um, <laughs> Live, yeah, a lot live, and pot is about to be marijuana is about to be legalized, you know, here in Illinois for sure, and across the United States. What are your guys's feelings? Uh, how do you guys feel about marijuana? Because I'm sort of, I'm sort of torn. Right. Um, what you go first, Jared? Um, I would have to, I guess, go back and look at um, some of the statistics from. Colorado, I, I kind of had uh, little brief discussions with um, a friend about this who, you know, he was very pro marijuana and I just was, was pretty neutral. And I think kind of coming from a journalism back, background, just the, the questions start um, rolling through my mind about like, okay, well, what's it going um, to do to certain areas? And um, I think I saw some, some statistics from Colorado where, um, accident rates had gone up like car accident rates. Um, and so, so I think really the only two, the only two questions I would have would be along those lines in terms of like accident rates. And then the other thing I think would be, um, I don't think we can really know. Um, uh, well, maybe they've, maybe they've done studies. Maybe the government's done studies about, you know, long-term, marijuana usage or, um, you know, breaking that down into, um, starting at earlier ages and things like that. But, you know, I, I think there's just, um, certain things medically where, you know, if, if this is sort of the test generation, you're not really going to know what some of the, um, you know, effects may be, even if they're sort of like outlying effects, um, you know, you, you may not know until we've kind of gone through all that, but, but I mean, overall, I'm I'm definitely not like you know against it, and I, I feel like it's inevitable. So um, I guess I don't really have too strong of a take on it. 
<laughs> well, I guess my question is not so much how do you feel about it, uh, uh, sort of uh, abstractly. Oh, okay. Okay. Will Will you partake? Will you oh, buy it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, um, no, no, no. I wasn't clear. And actually, kind of both are important. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I think I would. I, I would think I would be willing to try it. I think it, it. Part of me is kind of curious about it. Like I've never, which is interesting because um, I've never never tried a cigarette when I was a kid. I got pneumonia early as a kid and, and had uh, bronchitis every year after that. And so like every winter I just had some major trouble breathing. And so, um, you know, when, when, uh, when you find out about smoking, like, Oh yeah, this is cause this causes all these lung problems. Um, you know, there was never any interest in me. I like, I'll just look like a door, you know, it's fine. I'd like to, to breathe instead. So, um, and, and, and the other thing I is choose life, <laughs> right. And, and I've never really been like, I'll, I'll have a drink maybe, I mean, literally maybe two or three times a year. Um, but it, it just, it never really had an appeal for me either. And it wasn't anything, um, you know, in terms of religious reasons or anything like that. It's just like, I don't drink, uh, Cokes. I don't drink soft drinks. Um, just I, I don't know I don't I don't really like the taste I would drink alcohol in a heartbeat before I drink um, a Coke so um, so a lot of the stuff that you know people uh, you know enjoy in terms of, of substance uh, substances like that I just I haven't but marijuana uh, there's a little bit of a, a curiosity I, I think it's more of a curiosity in terms of like how it would affect me or you know how you would feel differently um, mm-hmm. because I've never really. Um, I've never been drunk. I've never, you know, because I, I don't like alcohol enough to consume it much period, much less enough. Uh, right. So wow. You're going to definitely want to do it in a very small dose in a controlled environment in which you have control of your environment. So, right. Uh, right. Which, and by that, he means on this podcast when it happens. <laughs> probably, probably that would be the best time to do it, to be Georgia, honest. You Georgia be- will probably be the last one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that you know, like, like unless they do it at a nationwide level, like Georgia right. will be among like the last five probably to do it. So. Yeah. So well, there's hope there's, I, I'm hoping then that, that, uh, that marijuana is what breaks you out of your shell. <laughs> so I, so surprisingly, I'm the most liberal person here. I've uh, consumed in edible form and smoked at one point. Mm. You know, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, but never, never, no, no. Um, This is imaginary. Was that a coherent? (laughs) Are are you eating it right now? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm totally not under the influence. Um, And I have drank substantially more in the last three years than I ever have before. So um, I would say that... uh, a weed, I, yeah. I, I was a kid when I was growing up because I used to um, hang out with potheads who surfed, and I was always impressed by how adept they were. They could surf while they were high, and um, that was not my experience. Okay, uh, uh, I I thought I was talking to uh, like aliens. So when I ate the a pot cookie or pot brownie so and and how old were you at this time um i'm not at liberty to say it's been a couple years oh but um oh yeah right okay so you weren't you were a a kid a little kid no i wasn't a little kid okay interesting yeah that was just the the confusion there and then you said when i was in high school i i i didn't um you know because i was i was a teetotal you know teetotaling goody goody i never drank beer never smoked Um, yeah i smoke pretty regularly now not weed but um just cigarettes 
just mm. as a social thing. Um, mm. So just because, you know, guys, that you, you take a smoke break and, yeah. and you were doing manual labor. Like, I understand why people do it now. I just, I, I get yeah. it. I finally get it. Like, it makes sense. You just, you're like, ugh. So you're like, well, my, uh, you know, my body's being destroyed. I'm just going to add to it. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's almost just like a, it's just like taking a break, taking a breath. And I find that interesting because so, so had you ever um, smoked a cigarette prior to this job? The only time I smoked a cigarette was in preparation for a film role. It was that one independent film I was in before we went to India. Uh, and so the character was supposed to smoke, smoke unfiltered camels. So I, uh, wow. I bought unfiltered camels and my mom taught me how to smoke on the porch. Wow. <laughs> I was 20. Wow. See, uh, how old was I at that point? I was 30. <laughs> my mom was teaching me how to smoke. Your mom taught yeah. you how to smoke. Yeah. So wow. I was like, um, so interesting, she, you know, because right. I was trying, right. well, I was trying to like hold it so I don't look like some little dweeb. Mm. <laughs> hey guys, I'm smoking a cigarette. Hey, cool kids. That's Steve Buscemi meme. Hey, cool kids. Well, I'm smoking a cigarette. <laughs> And it was, my, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, my my brother taught me how to smoke. I was uh, I was kind of a, you know a prude as a kid too. My brother was the opposite. He was sort of the rebel, and uh, he 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 let me know that you're supposed to inhale it. I was just like, I don't know what's so cool about this guy. And I was like, blowing it, you know. Right. And we're in a car, and he's like, dude, you're supposed to like suck it in, like into your lungs. And I was like, oh. And like, oh. and like, and, and it, I, I'm very affected by uh, by substances, like, right. and I, my, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, that's what happened to me with the with the pot brownie thing. Like, I, I had it after I'd had, like, we were on a like a big weekend party deal, and uh, I had a lot of whiskey, and I'd smoked a cigar before that. So that pot brownie just like it ended me, dude. I I was having a conversation with the transcendent reality in the bathroom, and wow. I, was, I was trying to take a crap, but I was constipated. Uh, here's some more information for you. Uh, well, you you're familiar with this. <laughs> so, anyways, I was. Wait. What? We were roommates in college, and I was oh, always like having like intestinal issues. That was a very specific story, and then to just throw in that I'm familiar with this, I needed to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, Jared, constipation. <laughs> no, it was almost like I was there or something, or like yeah. I had, or like I had told him that specific story myself somehow. Like, oh, one time, one time, I, I was so high, he was like, it just teleported you to me, so you got to see me constipated. Anyways, so yeah, there's too much digestive information with Ford. So I, I was sitting on the toilet, and um, it felt like I was there for five hours. And uh, wow. and I walked to the sink and I I felt so bad. I sat on the floor and the room elongated and it looked like I was in a warehouse. And I was looking at what I thought was a light, like at the other end of the warehouse. And it was the shower head. Wow. <laughs> and I got back up. I don't know. Maybe they put something else in these brownies other than just. But I hear that the when you consume it in that form, that it has more of an effect than just smoking. It's more it. potent. So, Have you ever have you ever listened to Rogan's stuff about um, DMT and all that? Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what this. That's okay, what this no, but, like. yeah. So, so I stood up. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I talked to God, and uh, and, and I was I was speaking for God. 
Um, but I was asking myself a series of questions and I had the answer. It was like that time I had that dream. I was going to say, you've never needed any kind of substance to do that. I mean, just like in the middle of the, in the middle of the night, I don't know if Jude knows this story. Tell I can tell story. it. Tell I, I tell it okay. 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 Um, well, okay. I'll, you, yeah. You finish, I'll, I'll finish you this one. So yeah. I was looking in the mirror and, um, they're so weird. So earlier in that day, I bumped, we were, we stopped at a gas station and I went in, uh, to take a piss and the other toilet was out of order or, or maybe it was one of those doors you're supposed to lock, but I didn't lock it. And the dude walked in and he's like, Oh, Hey, I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. He's like, Oh no, no problem, man. Uh, I would have just taken a piss in the, in the sink. Like, I don't care. And I could tell like the dude was so, he was so hung over. And I, mm. for some reason, when I walked out, I was just like, that's a person I just walked past. Again, like what we were talking about earlier, Judah, like that's a person I walk past every day and just never even notice. Mm. Just a working class stiff. And he, he's just, he's just, he's just drinking to escape everything, you know? And, and I felt like, I don't know. I just like, I noticed him, you know, we would normally just avoid each other. It's like, Oh, look at this, look at this preppy city kid. No, oh, look at this, this weirdo, you know, it's just, we wouldn't pay attention to each other. And uh, so that's what popped up in my head when I was having this conversation with quote unquote God. And it was like, you, you notice that guy, right? Well, this is what he, he, he goes through this to escape the feeling of reality. Like he's willing to go this far to feel what you're feeling right now, which to you is hell. He comes here willingly and has fun doing it. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Cool. And he's like, and then I, I asked myself, so how long have you been in here? It's like, uh, three hours. Just look at the clock when you leave. Okay, just tell me you're going to look at the clock when you leave. I'll look at the clock when I leave. Don't forget, you're going to forget. Don't forget, look at the clock when you leave. I will look at the clock when I leave. I walked out the door. It had been 21 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so that's my experience with uh, uh, marijuana right there. So, Well, yeah. the thing is, is, is marijuana is, is more potent when you consume it, it's because usually people will eat more and more thinking nothing's going on. It's not actually oh, more potent that's a good like, point. As, yeah. as like in its that form. It's just you eat, you consume you eat so much more. more and you're, well, you're like, oh, this is good. Dude, there's some classic things on the internet. You can look up on YouTube, like the cop who ate it. And he, he calls 911. He's like, I'm dying. I'm dying. Me and my wife are dying. I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's like a conversion chart of <laughs> like, that's of like how much. Yeah, yeah like how much you know eating of course i guess maybe it, it could vary a lot with with eating like depending on how much you you know would put into it versus you know how much it would take to get that smoking well it's mm -hmm. the same thing with alcohol i mean there are times like i'm still a real lightweight when it comes to substances there are times like i will walk over to um we we play uh gigs usually on friday nights at los Santitos, a local restaurant bar mexican place and they they have uh uh, margaritas and so we the three band members we got margaritas one night we took one sip of that and was like it's like straight to keep i'm like did you put anything else in this it was like a whole cup you know and uh <laughs> like we were we were so trashed by like the third sip and i was like what is wrong with me but sometimes you just if you haven't eaten all day like it can just yeah. it can go mm -hmm. straight to your brain and i'll Especially tell you i'll tell you right now though i'll tell you right now that set was killer we <laughs> see you it. Yes. Oh, so I've got to. Yeah, I've got to go. Go back, rewind a little bit, and tell this quick. It's just okay. a very quick story about this Ford. So, um, yeah, and so for anybody else who doesn't know, so Ford and I were roommates um, our senior year of college, 
And uh, so, so one night I, he, he was on the top bunk. I was on the bottom bunk and, and one night I wake up to talking and, um, and so I think I, at first I just woke up and it kept going on for a second and I'm like, are, are you talking to me? And so, and so I got up or wait, maybe was it bunk beds? Yeah, it was, it was bunk yeah, beds. Yeah, you were on top. I, I was on. No, no, no you, I was you, on you, top. Yeah, you, I was on top. You were on top. So, so I had to actually get up, get out of bed to look at him to see like what was going on. And so he's sitting up, he's sitting up in bed, um, talking to himself. And so we're pre, you know, we're pre like Bluetooth and all this. So, um, this was, you know, 2003 or so. So we don't, we don't have anything like that going on. It wasn't Bluetooth. He's talking to himself and I'm like, and, but it was like, it was mumbling, you know, it was just mumbling gibberish. And, and, and so I'm like, Ford, are you, are you talking to me? So he looks over. This is like horror movie setting at this at this point. This is <laughs> this is pretty it's pretty creepy. So he looks over at me, but he but he's not really like looking at me. It's almost kind of like looking through me. And he's like, and he goes, "But I don't have all the answers." And then and then in a whispered voice says, "Yes, I do." <laughs> and, then, and then throws himself back down in bed. Like throws himself back down and back asleep. So it was, but I don't have, but I don't have all the answers. Yes, I do. <laughs> we just found a outro. So, so I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. Yeah. No, that's it. That needs to be it. Um, uh, so, so needless to say, like, I didn't really get a lot of quality sleep the rest of the night. So. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that's been my uh, struggle. See, I have my, my shadow self is very close to being in control. Uh, Gina, yeah. So I, de- I definitely have to go to hell to, to wrestle with him. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's oh, why man. I said, like, why I said, like, he doesn't need, he doesn't need any other stuff <laughs> to have that. Just, just take it like a power nap. <laughs> well, that is, it is interesting. I think, um, the three of us, and I, I think having gone through high school mostly, so definitely Jared, not not influenced by any uh, substance. I'm hearing a little echo, Ford. Oh. You got, oh yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, maybe it's helped us be more creative. Maybe it's been it's helped us get in touch with our, um, you know, like that side of us that is creative that. The, you know that high the healthy high that part of us that uh shoots endomorphins or in more what are they called uh endomorphins right uh, into our brain endorphins endorphins <laughs> endopower it, sh- it shoots uh yeah. it shoots uh yeah people into your brains endomorphs <laughs> endomorphin <laughs> power rangers yeah i was gonna say that's what power rangers have endomorphins <laughs> yeah that's right endorphins so yeah endorphins serotonin gets uh yeah gets pumped into our brains in creative situations yeah uh a lot of times and i wonder if we've had the we've been able to because a lot of my friends i wouldn't say a lot but i think the friends that uh experience more like drugs and stuff as um alcohol and drugs as in high school um I, it seems to be a little difference there how so Uh, well, I've, uh, so I had one experience where I had this discussion with a friend and he felt like he had to get high 
he he got high and had to and he was fascinated by the the uh, by my ability to just sort of my inhibition be able to go you know uh, in this imaginary land it was like this uh, mm. uh it was a guy at uh, Tico Falls actually I don't want to say his name but um it was at Tico Falls uh able to sort of explore these ideas and this creative like um discussion we were having without that and I didn't really understand at all why anybody would need a substance would need mm. now now i can't understand it right but but now i kind of see it as a hindrance to that sometimes. well yeah i think one of the problems is like once you get dependent on it and and i think that's one of the things in the in the first hours really trying to uh get across and the surfing violinist podcast what i want to do is to learn how to not be dependent on things you know we talk about being dependent on you know, other people or, or social structures or the government or religion or whatever. But there's a lot of things that we're dependent on, like endorphin wise or chemical wise, you know, and of course, you know, we, we know with addictions and, and uh, whether it be coffee or sugar, like there, we're so dependent that we, it doesn't, you, you can't be independent when you're dependent, you know, you, you, you're kind of um, this, you know, bringing to game of Thrones, this is how Littlefinger is able to, in the, those early seasons, able to play so many people against each other is because he knows what makes them pick. He knows what they're dependent on. He knows their ultimate need. You know, yeah. Robert needs women and wine. Tyrion needs women and wine. So he can play people off of, because he knows how long they're going to go before they have to come back to the watering hole, so to speak. And then he can pounce on them. Um, so I think, and, and he even mentions that real explicitly in the book. It's like, that's how you... Yeah how you um, win in the Game of Thrones is by knowing people's weaknesses. And I think that's what one of the, the whole, whole, I guess, goals for me is to, well, yeah, kind of like we said earlier, Judo, about <clears throat> um, how we don't make excuses for our past failings or, or what has become a habit in our life. It's like, I'm just a messy person or I'm just a lazy person or I'm just a procrastinator. It's like, yeah, everyone is, <clears throat> everyone is that. And I mean, uh, we don't lean on the crutch of, of right, labor. The crutch. Yeah, that's a good. Way. That's a good way to put it, the crutch. And um, and for those of you who are uh, just tuning in, the Ford's talking about uh, his podcast, the Surfing Violinist. Tune in on uh, iTunes or an hour before we do this one. So okay. Uh, All right. Well, so but the flip side, uh, we only have a little bit of time left. Okay. Um, the flip side of being dependent on a drug, right, not being able to tap into certain things because of that dependence is is Abraham Lincoln's quote. Have you ever heard his quote mm. about vices? It has been my experience that folks who have no vices have very few virtues. Yeah, see, I like – that is fantastic. I need to – I need to plagiarize that one because here's one of the things I think about whenever I've gone on diets or fasts or these kind of things. Um, so uh, what's his name? Uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, he wrote a book called Anti-Fragile. And the idea is being – that's why I use the word robust in the surfing violence thing is because uh, if you are not accustomed to dealing with certain chemicals, let's say, or, or certain things that you might eat – then when you do consume those things, they knock you on your ass, you know? So it's like y you need to be able to with have a broad range of experience um, or you end up being uh, dependent on your lack of involvement. You know what I mean? Like it kind of insulates you from certain people that you couldn't hang out with. Like for instance, I'm lactose intolerant since I came back from India. I got real sick. 
Um, and I would come back at first, I just wouldn't eat pizza. And then over time, I was like, you know what? I want to hang out with these pizza people. I want to hang out with these pizzas. I do want to hang out with the pizzas, but I want to hang out with these people and they're eating pizza. And so I ate the pizza as a social thing. And over time, it's, I mean, some dietary restrictions, you can't obviously do this, but, but over time, I just, I've just dealt with it. You know, like I've suffered the consequences for the, the social interaction. And I, I actually find that psychologically it's better for me, believe it or not. What about you, Jared? Like, do you take a front at this, this quote? Cause you're a man of very few vices. Um, yeah, maybe so. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, I think there's a lot of sort of, um, you know, I think, I think vices come in a lot of forms. Um, so I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think I just don't fall into the kind of the, the typical ones, you know, because the ones that, you know, people typically think of as alcohol or, or specific stubs substances. So, um, so no, I don't take any affront to it because I don't think it's necessarily even, um, true of me. Um, but I mean, even if it was, even if I had none, um, I, I think there is probably some truth to that. I think, um, I think a lot of times, you know, you can have, now tell me, tell me the quote again. Exactly. It was, the quote was my experience is that folks who have no vices have very few virtues. Yeah. Um, hmm. So the way I interpret it, I guess what it speaks to me is those that battle vices, you know, Yeah. those that battle vices find that crucible uh, between the vice and the virtue, right? They find virtue in between vice and, and uh, what would be the other thing, you know, between vice and, and, and just, you know, normal life. Um, well, you know, I think that word incarnation is actually pretty good. Like living in a, in a thing, but not being mastered by it, you know, being able mm. to be, uh, and uh, like, that was what happened to me with that time when I met that, that one dude with the hangover. And then later on my, that experience at night, it's like, this is a person and I just walk right past him. I don't even see that he exists because he's living in a, he's living in a different area. But if I were to go and like sit in a bar and try to talk to him, like this dude would be like, get away, man. Like, cause I can't speak his language, you know? And so I think, yeah. you know, sharing a vice with somebody, even if you're not like fully committed, I, that's why I like that scene in band of brothers. There's a scene where winners who's a Quaker, you know, or he's not really a Quaker, uh, but that's what they call him. Uh, but you know, religious guy and he was teetotaler. He comes up and they offer him, um, you know, some whiskey or something. And he grabs it, takes one sip, and it's it's apparent what he's doing there. It's just it's like identification with the group. Um, mm. He's not he, he doesn't he's not just trying to sell out. He's trying to trying to say, hey, I'm not above you guys. Like we're in this mm. together. And and they they that was good for them. Like they weren't trying to get like oh we're gonna see him slosh and drunk. It was just like okay, well now we know you're on our team. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. And he told one of the things that has been sticking with me, and I keep trying to remember it because I, I do so, a little bit of um, managing people. I mean just a little bit, and I try to remember this. Um, he there was one of the his subordinates who was above other guys. They were playing a game of darts, and. Uh, the guy ended up winning the the guy who had the more power and he pulled him aside after the game of darts and was like, Hey, uh, you should have lost that game. I was like, what? I was just playing darts, man. It's like, I don't want you to take anything away from these men. Don't take anything away from these men. And I just thought that was like, 
wow, that's mm-hmm. really humbling, you know, because that's what a leader really, truly in the old sense of the word, the nobility, they had the noblesse oblige, you know, they had this obligation to serve the people that were supposedly under them. It was mm. truly supposed to be servant leadership. The king was at the front line of the battle, you know, like in those Shakespearean dramas, King Henry. Like he ain't sitting at the back. He ain't sitting there pressing buttons. He's at the front with, you know, with the banner, like at the at the uh, front of the battle. And that's that's the sort of uh, sentiment that I think you kind of need in dealing with these, these people that are different than you. And so you have to be willing to be on their level, I guess, you know. And it, it's just well, but, more about uh, dignifying their experience, not like, oh, I'm one of you too. Again, you don't want to be like the Steve Buscemi meme. Like, hey, cool kids, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, but well, and I wonder if you know. There's a lot of ways to kind of interpret that quote, right. and I'm I'm now curious to to research it a little bit more. But I, just a couple of um, you know things I was thinking of is I, I wonder, um, you know, I, I think uh, the people who do have vices a lot of times maybe. Uh, I wonder if, it, you know, maybe sometimes they're more inclined to um, be understanding of of other people, have more empathy, um, or, or maybe even if they feel like they um, need to, you know, make up for it in some way, if, if, if there's um, if, if there's some sort of meaning towards that. But but the other thing is, um, the thing I kind of, I guess, think of about that is, um, you know, I know a lot of people within the church who, you know, def- sort of, um, you know, growing up in the Bible Belt and Southern Baptist churches mm-hmm. uh, specifically, you know, people who define their their goodness by um, not a, do, not doing things like that. A lack you of know? vices, yeah. A lack, a of, lack vices. of vices, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, and and I get, you know, when I was a kid, that was yeah, that that was all I really knew. And like, oh yeah, yeah, that's how you, um, you know, sort of be a good person or whatever. And right. and as I've gotten older. I guess I've kind of, um, you know, gone more to the, to the, to the side of what you're talking about, where, you know, seems to me like, you know, more of, um, the better people I know, you know, maybe have, um, some sort of vice or, or, you know, just flaws in general or something like that. But, um, they, they seem to just be more like fully formed, um, and, and better people in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think it, the difference between prudence and like, uh, and being a prude is like in one in one case you you're not afraid to have contact with it. You know, mm-hmm. being prudent means that you're just you know, okay, I, I can't go by, beyond this many drinks, or I'm gonna be I turn into a raging monster. You know, different people it affects different ways. You know, but like knowing how to dance through an array of different vices or virtues, right? And whereas a prude is just like, oh, everything is repugnant to me, and I'm just not gonna, you know. But I think also with our human experience, one thing my father taught me is um, my, my dad was an artist. And when he taught me to draw, when he taught me to paint, um, he, he, he impressed upon me the importance of having dark next to white. He said, if you want this white to really be white, you mm. got to put you got to mm. con- contrast it. You right. got to have the the darkness next to it. Well, if you just keep everything sort of pallid, mm-hmm. you know, sort of this, uh, you know, this, uh, it's just like all sort of one color. And uh, the same thing with music later yep. when he was talking about music, piano forte. You know, you, you the the real beauty, the real soft. You really understand softness. You really understand light 
next to the darkness, next mm-hmm. to the, the, the loud. Well, and we you know, understand that from cinema. I mean, if you want flat lighting, mm-hmm. you go to a soap opera. And it's kind of ironic, like a soap opera, which has the worst storytelling and the most melodrama, is so evenly lit and then mm-hmm. and flat. And then cinema usually, you know, tries to employ uh, gradation, you know, like that you can well, contrast. And, and, and within story, you know, there's the quote um, that really kind of applies to story, if, if not literally too. Um, it, it's always darkest before the dawn. Right. You know, yep. because you, you've been in darkness longer. That's what you've been used to. Yep. Um, and then, you know, then it's when the light comes, there's, you know, uh, a greater contrast. So. Definitely. Well, maybe that could be a good segue into next week when we can talk about Game of Thrones. Okay. The, uh, there uh, it is. Nice and fire. Well, I think for so now, how do we bring this? How do we make this useful? I think the thing that comes to my mind is is the necessity <clears throat> to not just have white and to not just have dark, you know, and to not just have loud, not just quiet, but have a mixture. And the in, in uh, the adventure of life, we have to have uh, it, when it comes to vices, when it comes to uh, the uglier side of life, we we have to. Ha- I think it's important to at least dip our toes in these things um, experience wise in some fashion. I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, like, I don't think you have to have a vice per se, but I think like you were saying Ford, like just taking a sip or somehow being able to engage with it so that it's not other. Right. And so that it doesn't like, uh, shock your system i think that's the thing if you're not if you're not if you're remaining aloof then it is impossible to really uh get on people's level you know Mm. and so i think i think you do have to have interaction that doesn't mean you necessarily agree and this is one of the things where where we start self-segregating you know we self-segregate politically culturally linguistically racially um nationally and Mm. then what ends up happening is that becomes like an, an a foreign agent you know, and then we we don't know what to do. Well, that person, I can't understand him. Blah blah blah. And and our bodies do the same thing with substances. You know, so I think a more again a more robust strategy of dealing with the world is is better. You don't want to just have this one note. Well, I only drink this. You know, and that's why I'm just not a big fan of the diet stuff because it's just like, you know, I mean, that's why that's why we like watching like our we watched Top Chef and we watched Anthony Bourdain when he was around. You know, it's just there's a there's a, a joy de vivre. You know, just an embracing of the the good wherever it comes from. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, a lot of it, um, I think, is uh, comes down to just uh, people's identity. You know, like what what you're saying with with um, how we segregate ourselves and things like that. And um, you know, you you see it a lot, of course. You know, politically now today. Um, how people define themselves. So um, that's a that's a whole other that that's a rabbit hole um, that I could I could go down. But um, yeah, I don't know. That it, it, I don't, do you think there's a correlation though between living robustly, like dabbling in you know not making sure? So is there a correlation between prudence 
and segregation. Okay, well, know? I would say, like, I've been listening to some Epictetus. He's a, uh, he was a Greek philosopher, the Stoics. And I think what we have to be able to do is to dance between Epicurean approach to life, which is like, let's just embrace everything, this Dionysian, you know, raucous love of dopamine or the Stoic version, which is like nothing. Like you just you just put your head down, do what you need to do. You don't need to worry about emotion. Don't let it taint you. Um, and I think you have to dance between both of those. There are times for both uh, philosophies multiple points of the day there's a time to say no you know like no i'm, I'm not i'm not smoking that um yeah. and then there's but there are other times where it's like you you got to get off your high horse and be a human being and quit trying to pretend to be an angel you know or a robot or or whatever you know a demigod like just i i think you need both strategies though um yeah you had a you had a thought jared what were you gonna say um <sighs> I think my thought or question would be, um, you know, how individual or how subjective and, and, and individual do you think this needs to be? Because people are, you know, some people are always going to be much better than others at self-regulating. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you have an answer or a thought on that Ford, but you know, because, because kind of what you're talking about, I think is very, you know, applicable to some people, but you know, for, for some people, you know, who maybe are, are bad at self-regulating, you know, it just seems like it's going to be a, a, a you know, a, a very varied spectrum. Well, I think it is a very varied spectrum, but you don't want to defer that right um, to somebody else who's going to be, make the decisions for an adult, you know? So it comes down to, I think not, I think it comes down to those people, a lot of people self-medicate with some of these things because they don't see they're in the fog and they don't see another way out. Um, and so whatever their addiction is, it's just convenient and it numbs them to having to deal with whatever. And, and if they see a better example, if they see someone that's with them, that's like, oh, wow man, that guy doesn't wake up with a headache every day. Then they're like, man, I, I would like to wake up with no headache tomorrow. You know, so like that's just a better better example of how to, you know, change their situation than some other person outside saying, hey, you're, you know, you know, on the one hand, like the religion, like you're going to hell if you don't change that or on or we're going to throw you in prison if you don't change this. Like, um, and I think we're, I mean, it's 2019, like, these, these are not new problems. I mean, people have been addicted to things for eternity. Um, and we have a lot of new addiction options, but I don't think we want anybody telling us, well, you can only use your phone five minutes a day or whatever, you know? No, right. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. But yeah, well, trying to, uh, trying to figure out how to do that, trying to get people to, to, to walk out the door themselves, you know, if they're in an imprison, if they're imprisoned in their own vice, like, yeah, I don't. I mean, that, that I think that takes a lot of interpersonal reaction, uh, living. Well, interpersonal, I think, is the key there. Interpersonal, because you're talking about uh, personal versus, or how individual this is, uh, right, Jared? And I think, I think, uh, on our own, we will give in to the vices. Yeah. We need others to. Um, to hold, you know the accountability within ourselves and the accountability of other people 
I'm not talking about like an accountability meeting or whatever, but, but, uh, but the relationship, the, the, um, the stakes Mm -hmm. of being in a relationship, being more powerful than, than the, the rules and outside coercion of religion. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, But, but you're assuming that, I'm not. I guess I'm not entirely clear what you mean, but you're saying that the relationship will help keep each person accountable. Well, I think they've done that study with uh, rats, uh, where the ones that were like addicted to some substance, and, and when they're alone, um, they were. I can't remember the particulars. Do you remember that study that I'm talking about? It's like when they're alone, they they could not wean themselves off, but if they had access to actual food and they were in a social setting they would quit going to the dopamine uh, fixation. So I think, I think community does help provide a people, people a way out, Um, but it has to be real community. Um, Part of the problem is uh, so many of these communities are facsimile communities or they are, Mm -hmm. they're social clubs that require some sort of uh, arbitrary sacrifice or something like that. Or um, yeah. So it is, yeah, it's tough. It's tough figuring out how to how to tread that line of encouraging the dependent individual to become independent. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're out of time. I think that was it started broad and it ended, I think, very uh, complex. And I appreciate your guys' input on the, on this. So I'm going to. Next week, uh, do you want to catch up with the battle for Winterfell, Judah, and, and we can have a conversation yep. about that? Yeah, let's do that. All right. And then that'll give me one more week to catch up with Endgame, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and there will be another Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have more fodder to talk about for next week because maybe some things will be a little bit clarified. That's what we're kind of hoping for, I think, at this point. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. All what right. Was I supposed to say? Oh, <laughs> I had mine. I had mine ready. He's to ready, man. He's going. <laughs> All right, Ford, start us off. End us off. Make your own. Mi- oh wait, wait. Am yeah. I starting? Make your own yeah. myth. <laughs> Let's try it again. Make your own myth. Get to work. There's a lot to build. Go to hell. <laughs>